Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, this week we're going to be talking about using our tools, but more specifically, about getting back into the habit after we've stopped using them. ADHD has a tendency to make us consistently inconsistent, and that can lead us to finding ourselves having dropped habits, routines, and tactics that have been helping us. Sometimes we need to find new habits, but sometimes we need to look back and figure out what was working and why we stopped doing all those things that were helping us to get through the day. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash 135. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted an easy way to get started with my day. When I wake up, I've already got a lot of things going on, and the last thing I want to do is have to make the decision on what I'm going to eat. Sure, I could eat that leftover stale bread on the counter, but is that really going to help me get through the day? With AG1, I've got a way that I can hit all my nutritional needs from the get-go. One scoop of AG1 has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. It doesn't matter how tired I feel, I know I can at least do that because it's just that easy. It helps give me the structure to my morning so that I can get everything I need to do done before I get out the door. And because I started off my day right, I know I've got all my bases covered. Right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com ADHD. Again, that is athleticgreens.com ADHD to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, keep on listening to find out how we can get back on track with our tools. As I'm sitting here writing this, I've got my headphones on, I'm listening to a playlist I created for working, I've got my timer set for 45 minutes, and it's just sitting a little up from my monitor on the right side, not quite in my constant view, but close enough that all I have to do is glance up to see how much time it's elapsed. Don't even really have to move my head. I'm signed into the ADHD Rewired Adult Study Hall room, and I've got water in arm's reach right next to me and a snack on the other side. All in all, I've got quite the bevy of tools at my disposal to make sure that I'm staying on track and doing the work that I need to be doing. I talk a lot about the various tools that we can be using in our ADHD lives to make things work for our brains, but the thing is that it's also incredibly easy for us to get out of the habit of using our tools. Yes, I've got all these things set up right now, but you know what? A few months ago, I wasn't using any of these, and I was struggling to get some of my stuff done. And the reason that I say this is that I want to remind people that it's okay if we find ourselves not using our tools. It happens. Yes, they're great, and ideally we'd be using them all the time, but we don't need to shame ourselves when we find ourselves struggling because things have changed in our life. At some point or another, we're all going to find ourselves failing to be doing one thing or another. And I do find this to be a bit funny, because often when I'm contemplating adding some new tool into my toolbox, I come at it from the lens of that I'm going to be doing this forever. When in truth, sometimes tools fall out of use for almost no reason at all. 
But of course, there often are reasons that we find ourselves not using our tools. One of the most common reasons comes from boredom. This can come in a few different ways as well. The most easily identifiable way is that we just find our tools being boring to use. There's no longer the stimulation that we originally got when we put that tool in place. That new workout routine isn't quite so new anymore, and the idea of going through those motions one more time actually kind of feels painful. The note-taking app that we've been playing with just isn't quite as fun now that we've got everything set up. The water bottle that is supposed to help us remind to drink water throughout the day just doesn't feel that motivating anymore. And when this is the case, we're likely to go looking for new things to fill that void of novelty. This isn't always the worst thing. Take the workout example. It's fine to rotate through different routines there. But this also can be a problem when we find ourselves always looking for that new tool that is going to solve all of our problems once and for all. The note-taking app example is on point here. Right now, I do most of my writing in Notion. Now, I'll be the first to admit that it's not the perfect product for me to be using, and so I could easily find myself trying to find something that works even better. Maybe Airtables, or Rome Research, maybe Obsidian, or I could go back to using Evernote. Or maybe I really need to jump on Google and find out what the hottest new app is. Let me tell you, it's taking quite a bit of willpower to not do that very thing right now. But the truth is, is that it actually doesn't even matter. Because more than anything, we need to make sure that we're just actually using our tools. Of course, I will temper this with the acknowledgement that the tools that we are using do matter. If I'm cutting vegetables with a dull knife, it's going to be harder to do and take longer than if I use a sharp one, as well as having a much higher risk of me cutting myself. Use sharp knives, people. The issue that we often have with ADHD, though, is that we're looking through a drawer of sharp knives and trying to pick the one with the handle that best matches how we're feeling that day. Sure, that might matter to some degree, but we also have to acknowledge that those kinds of choices aren't making a big difference in our outputs. Because it's not the tool at that point, it's how we're using it. Our boredom from using tools can also manifest in us feeling like the tools we're using just don't matter anymore. Take my time timer. This is a tool that's great for helping me visualize my time. It's just a timer that has a red disc that shows how much time has elapsed since I set it. As the timer counts down, that little red disc starts disappearing. It's a great way to create that visual reminder for how much time you have left. It's also a tool that I abandoned for a long time because, well, I know how long this is going to take. And yeah, sure, it's something that I've talked about on this podcast a number of times because of how useful visualizing time is. But my brain argued that I had my time management down, and I didn't need that anymore. Except it's still an incredibly useful tool for me to use. And it serves a number of purposes, because not only does it give me the visualization of time, but because I'm setting it, it's also forcing me to say how long I'm intending to work. It makes me define when I'm going to be taking breaks ahead of time. And those themselves are valuable tools that I had been skipping out on using. And there are plenty of other tools that I found myself skipping over using because the novelty factor had worn off and I felt like I could get by without using them. Sometimes we also stop using our tools for far less. Sometimes we stop using our tools just because we forgot about what was working for us. Now, I don't mean that in the sense that one day after using something every day that we just up and forget about it. Many of our tools don't need to be used every day, though, and we can end up finding ourselves stopping using these tools simply because they're out of mind. We can also find ourselves failing to come back to our tools after an interruption in our routine. 
This can be from a vacation, getting sick, or anything where we find ourselves having to change things up. Honestly, this is a big reason that I found myself off of some of my tools. I had taken time off for my regular work since my kids were on winter break, and then I subsequently got sick. When I got back into the mode where I was trying to get more work done again, I found myself scrambling to get things into place, and as such, I didn't think about how I wanted to get them back into place. I just jumped right in, and I forgot to look into how I wanted to implement my tools again. Cut to a few months later, and I found myself struggling, because while at first I was able to get those things done, I also was just mostly relying on willpower to get through those things. That willpower was only going to last for so long. And this example also illustrates another point, which is that not all of our tools are going to be serving us all of the time. Many of our tools are going to be somewhat seasonal in terms of what we're doing. I like taking long afternoon walks in the summer to get through my backlog of audiobooks. But that's probably not going to work in the same way for me in the winter when it's getting dark at 4 p.m. Our lives are rarely static, and so our tools need to evolve with us as our circumstances change. So how do we deal with this? Because we don't want ourselves to be finding tools, stop using them, and then find ourselves needing to scramble for new tools because we're struggling again. So this goes all the way back to my very first episode of this podcast, Building Your Toolbox. In that episode, I talk about how we need to work on creating a repository for our tools that we're using because just keeping them in our memory isn't a great strategy. And when you think about it, with ADHD, we really never should rely on just remembering something even things that we feel are too ingrained for us to forget. And that's exactly what I was talking about earlier in this episode. We have these habits, tactics, and other tools that we feel like are just part of our everyday lives, but when our routines get interrupted, it can be incredibly easy for us to drop those habits that we thought we'd have forever. My primary suggestion in the episode was to create your own ADHD toolbox with all those things that you do to make your ADHD life easier. And this is something that I still absolutely agree with. We just need to be creating a place that we can find these things again when we need them. And additionally, we need to be looking over these tools on a semi-regular basis because we aren't going to remember when we forget about them. Of course, this isn't a perfect system. We're still going to have ADHD, and ADHD can make it really hard to do some of these steps. I mean, I'm talking about this stuff because it fell off for me, and this is stuff I'm talking about all the time. Now, for me, part of this was moving away from the systems that I had originally set up. Things that I had been regularly doing, I wasn't doing quite as much anymore, and when it came time to review my systems, well, those steps just weren't on my radar anymore. And while I could sit in judgment about that fact, I don't think that's a particularly good use of my time. However, it is kind of a good use of my time to think back on how those systems failed me, because I want to try and avoid that happening again in the future. The key difference being that I need to do so openly and with curiosity because the judgment piece isn't going to help me find new solutions. Now, there was also a very obvious change in my life since the start of this podcast. That was the emergence of COVID. There is no question that a global pandemic is going to change my work habits. Three years ago, I was working from an office most of the time, whereas now I'm working exclusively from home. And, and that had a huge impact on my habits, routines, and how I approach work. But I also don't want this just to be an excuse as to why I didn't follow up on my toolbox. I want it to be an explanation. I want it to help inform me of how I'm going to try and do things differently in the future. The big piece right now that's coming to mind for me is 
that I let a lot of my planning slide because I honestly had little idea of what the next few months, let alone the next few years, were going to look like. And while I still did some of my planning, it wasn't as systematized as it used to be. Being at home with kids all the time had left me with far more fragmented time, and as we got into the new normal, I wasn't shifting back into my old habits or routines. Partially because those habits wouldn't fit into my new life now, but also because I wasn't even thinking about how I could try and readapt them. And that's on me, but again, we're trying to stay out of judgment here. I absolutely could have approached things in a better way, but that doesn't mean I'm bad or that how I handled the situation was wrong. It would be incredibly easy for me to look back on the last few years and be overly critical of the choices I made, putting on rose-tinted glasses and forgetting about the stress I was going through, forgetting about the adjustments of working from home, forgetting about the two times I caught COVID and how much that threw me off. I don't need to latch onto the negative what I didn't do because I still have a lot of positives that I can look at. I was able to keep putting out this podcast. In fact, I was able to grow the podcast. I was able to strengthen my relationship with my kids. And I was able to develop some new habits that are working for me now, even if there were times that I was struggling. And identifying those pieces of the puzzle, I can now use that information on how I want to move forward. One of the keys for me is going to be working on setting up better support structures for myself so that when things are in flux, I'm more able to bounce back. But more than that, I want to be working on setting up systems that are going to be more flexible and that allow me to approach struggle with compassion. I don't need to be a rock star all the time, and I don't want systems that expect me to be that way. This means that I want to be looking at ways that I can do the same kind of planning that works for me long term, but in ways that I can do when I'm having those low capacity days. Basically creating systems that require less upfront effort for me to get through. The point being that I want to lower that barrier entry for me doing the things that support me best. And this means that what I'm asking of you today is that you take time to look through some of your tools, or at the very least schedule time to do that, and give yourself a little audit on how to make this same process easier for you next time. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, there are a lot of reasons that we might stop using a particular tool, from boredom to forgetfulness to just changes in our life circumstances. It's okay for us to change how we're using our tools, but it's also important that we're making that decision consciously and not just letting it happen because they fell off. Two, one of the best ways to make sure we're not losing track of our tools is to create an ADHD toolbox where we're keeping track of all the tools that we find helpful in our lives. Three, when we're looking to reinstate some of our previous tools, it can be important to look back and figure out what caused us to stop using them in the first place. However, when we're doing this, it's important that we stay out of judgment and approach this question with curiosity. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I bet you'd get a lot out of it too. 
or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2, 5, 10, 25, or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. Why are skeletons so calm? Because nothing gets under their skin.